Let's go to Mary Holm now. It's 17 past two, and Mary this week is going to chat about New Zealand Super. Hi there, Mary. Hi, Jesse. Uh, should we start with, um, do you want to talk about what you're going to cover, or should we just start with a letter that you've received? I just wanted to ask you to keep a bit of time in at the end to talk about um, just the basic rates of New Zealand Super and the starting age, because I don't know that you got a note about that. But Okay, very good. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with this letter then. Dear Mary, can you please tell me in non-political terms what Labour and Nationals positions are regarding means testing or asset testing superannuation like Australia. It seems like this is a huge risk for those nearing retirement or already retired that have saved hard and while technically this would not be a new tax, it could be an up-the-sleeve move by government to save money in case of a GFC-type shock without breaking any election promises. I'm not going to vote until I have clarity on this, writes Peter. Yes, yes, unfortunately... I didn't get a chance to give him clarity on it before the election. So, Peter, I hope you voted anyway, because um, actually I didn't hear anything in the election campaign or haven't heard anything about any party thinking about means testing or asset testing New Zealand super. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. Um, Just so that everyone's clear about what that means, it would mean that people on either higher incomes or with more assets, get less money in New Zealand super. Currently, you don't all get the same amount. It depends on whether you're married or single, um, but you, and, when, and whether you're living with others or living on your own, etc. But there's no difference between rich people and poor people all get the same amount, basically. The only situation where there is a little, there is some asset testing is that you can get New Zealand super if, one of a couple is over 65 and the other is under 65, but they're on a low income between the two of them. And I, I don't know how many people get that anymore. I know mm. some do, but these days, I, you know, I think that probably applied more in days where typically the women wasn't working. Um, these days, are, but, but still, it, it is still there. And if you are on a low income, that can apply to you. But apart from that, generally speaking, when you look at people over 65, there is no asset testing of any sort. Um, but whether Peter sort of asks whether a government might move to that if things got bad, like in a GFC-type shock, he says. And the answer to that is no one can guarantee that a government can't, won't do anything, really. Mm. Um, the, uh, you know, and there's no point in any government ever saying, I promise... They can say personally, like John Key promised, that he wouldn't ever raise the age of super. And, and Lucinda Ardern has actually said that, said that in the election campaign too, that she would resign rather than raise the age of New Zealand super. So, of course, an individual can say that. But a party can't, you know, the national government or the Labour government can't say our, our party would never do that because they can't make promises for future politicians. Yeah. Yeah, but it is interesting to just have a little look at what did happen. The last time New Zealand did have the equivalent of sort of means testing super was from 1985 to 1998. They had something called the surcharge, which was basically if you earned other income apart from New Zealand super, 
you from from investments or from work or whatever, you paid a higher tax on that other income. So so basically, it meant that people with higher income from elsewhere were um, getting less New Zealand super. In effect, is what happened, and that affected um, about for most of the time. It affected about 23% of people getting super. So it was the sort of upper quarter in terms of income, and some of them weren't affected very much. It, it, it only really hit hard people who had very high incomes. Um, but it still freaked out a lot of people, and um, they got rid of it in 1998. Um, you know, whether it'll come back again is anybody's guess. I hope not, because you know, at first everybody thinks, um, why should taxpayers give money to really wealthy older people and it's a very good question but when you look at what happens in other countries first of all the richest people tend to set up their their financial affairs in a way that they they cheat you know they put their assets in a trust or something like that and and in fact that happened in New Zealand when the surcharge was going Um, everyone's trying to move their income or give it to their children and then the children quietly pass it to them or, or whatever you know there's a lot of cheating goes on and it also costs quite a lot for government to administer something like that to, I know in Australia you know the, the people have to go through filling out massive great forms I think they're sort of 20 or 30 pages long or something to apply for their pension which is which is means tested so it you know it's not a very effective thing to do anyway, and people the experts say it's best just to keep New Zealand super as simple as it is. It's one of the best systems in the world because of its simplicity. So Peter, I don't know whether that calms your fears. There's no guarantees, but I don't think it's ever going to hurt anybody other than people who are really on pretty high incomes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And. Um that universal, the, the simple universal nature of it is one of the appeals for a lot of people. And when we, when people suggest a universal basic income to solve some of the coming problems around unemployment and uh, technology, they often point to New Zealand Super as a as a as a model because you know when you don't have people who qualify and don't qualify, you have a lot less bureaucracy. And the idea is that yes, it's just absolutely. Much In fact, I think that was one of. Gareth Morgan's policies, wasn't it, in the election, yeah. some kind of universal basic income. And, yeah, it, it is a really good argument, for whether it be for just retired people as currently or for everybody. Um, whatever other arguments you come up with, and there are good ones for why should the rich get the money, etc. but simplicity does certainly keep the cost down and it makes it much easier for everybody to understand. There's a, there's a lot to be said for it. Okay. Um, one other, just one other point about all that is that I feel confident in saying that that no New Zealand government's ever going to set it, set things up so that the people who have saved for their retirement end up being worse off or even yeah. equally off mm. with people who haven't saved. You know, that's what that's the sort of big worry. People say, well, if I save a whole lot for retirement and then I turn around and get less <laughs> New Zealand super. Yeah what's the point you know yeah. but um when you think about that in if any government that did that would there'd be a huge you know kerfuffle in the in the media about it everyone would be very aware that here were these old people who were actually worse off or no better off 
after having saved. And the message that would send to young people, currently young people at that time, it would be don't bother to save. And no government's ever going to want to send that message. So Well, you'd hope not, yeah. They, no, just, it's just not going to happen. So, so nobody should ever be thinking... Oh, look, I won't save for retirement because in the end I won't be any better off because they'll mean to super, you know. Okay. Not going to happen. <laughs> I'm talking to Mary Holm, who's answering questions on superannuation today. Uh, as a 62-year-old single woman, writes Annie, essentially unemployable with no children and living off my savings, from which I can draw down $1,300 a month, I decided that it was a good idea to join KiwiSaver. I reckon the $500 or so that the government gives me every year is the only handout I've received or can expect to receive since I left school 44 years ago. It may seem silly to save from my savings, but again, as Mary says, it gives a bit more diversity. I have every anticipation that when I reach 65, my superannuation will be means-tested and I'll be refused it on the grounds that I have sufficient money invested. I live on a boat, by the way, and I don't own a house, which is how I can afford to get by. What do you think, Mary? Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, every now and then you do get messages from people who live on boats or live in um, house trucks or something like that in their retirement and don't own a house. It's an interesting possibility. Yeah. Um, the first um, point I wanted to make to Annie is, yes, she's quite right. Well done for joining New Zealand. No, I mean joining KiwiSaver. Um, anyone who's under 65 who isn't in, and particularly people who are over 60, mm. it's a really good idea to get in because once you, turn, once you get to your 65th birthday, you can't be in anymore. And if you get in after 60, you get five years of um, tax credits. So if you join at 64, you get tax credits right through to 69. Um, and you're not tying your money up for very long. You're only tying it up for that five years, and then you can get it out again and so that's a real pity when people don't get in there and get that yeah. five years worth of 500 odd dollars so good on you Annie um, um, looking at what's going to happen so she's 62 now um, and when she turns 65 she will get super I'm sure the, she's worried about means testing coming along and she won't get it if the government if any government were to introduce means testing I'm sure they would do it in a way that didn't affect people close to retirement. That that's always been the case when they introduce changes to super. They um, well, actually, come to think, but I'm not so sure about the surcharge. I, I don't know whether that applied to people who are already retired. And um, I'm thinking more when they change the age, when they raise the age, they always do it well in advance. Mm. But she. She, we don't know how much her assets are. She says she's drawing down $1,300 a month to live on, and she lives in a boat, so it doesn't sound as though she's one of the higher-income people. For all we know, she might have a million-dollar savings, but probably not. Um, so I would be astonished if she isn't eligible for super at 65. And when, just so she knows how much she's going to get, a single person living alone gets about... 23500 a year before tax and after tax it's about 390 a week um, it's paid fortnightly but it works out at about 390 a week or less if you earn other income that's the that's the sort of those people who get only New Zealand super or not much else they get 390 a week if they're single living alone so that will give her about 1700 a month 
um, which is more than she's currently withdrawing on her savings of 1300 a month, so she'll get a pay rise at, at that point. Mm. Um, j- just to fill in the gap, too, for, for married people, when they, if they both qualify, they get about 35500 before tax a year, um, which often these numbers sound quite low um, to people. They're sometimes a bit shocked, but uh, about 40% of superannuitants live on that amount or very little extra and most of them do okay so um i think older people sometimes don't spend as much or yeah yeah we have talked about that before haven't we yes we have yes yeah yeah but um so i i think she's panicking well that's not fair she's not panicking but she's worrying unnecessarily i think that by the time she's 65 she'll definitely get new zealand super and that she will then not have to draw on her savings so much. Mm. Okay. Uh, we also received some texts on this topic. Um, super is not a payout from the taxpayer. This is one of those texts. It's not a question so much as sounds like a, a correction. Yeah. So I'm correcting you, Mary. Super is not a payout from the taxpayer. It is a return on my investment. Yes, that's it. Somebody who sounds a wee bit angry, I think. Um, and that's in response to something I said on, on your program, you know, a while back. Um, and I just wanted to say, well, strictly speaking, it is a payout from the taxpayer. And that when there's no fund in, into which people have been putting some of their taxes over the year and that money gets drawn out to pay their super, that is not what's happened. Whether... I've had people say to me, well, that was the impression I got from the government back in the 70s or 80s or whenever, um, but it's not true, and um, it, it never has been true. So I'm afraid people were misled if they thought that. Uh, the, the money for New Zealand Super comes out of the taxpayer dollars that you and I and most other people are paying in this year, out comes money going towards Super, and... Um, that's just the way the money works. You could argue when he says, I think it was a man who said that, um, it's a return on my investment. You could argue that sort of broadly speaking, he's been living in New Zealand and... He's been paying tax. tax. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's sort of part of the sort of broad deal in this country that we do give out New Zealand super to people. Um, but it's kind of a very broad definition of it, really. Yeah, OK. Yeah. There's no direct investment that you're making that you get back when you turn 65. That's right. Uh, unlike KiwiSaver, where it's, you know, it's much more direct. OK. Yeah. Someone else asks, why does a person who works after 65 get no KiwiSaver tax credits yet have super added to the top of their income and then enter into a higher tax bracket? Their super is treated as a benefit and secondary tax when I feel it's a right having paid it to the government via tax for my old age, says Warren. Yeah, and, and so in some ways Warren's making a similar point to the person before, um, and I'm saying that no, he didn't. He didn't pay pay it to the government for his old age, even though he might have thought he did. But um, in a way, that will change. Um, in the future because we've got the New Zealand Super Fund otherwise known as the Cullen Fund which was set up early this century and um, has money that the government's put into it. It's not currently contributing anymore but there is is money already in there lots of money already in there that will be used to help pay New Zealand Super 
in the future. Mm. I'm not sure exactly when they I don't know if they even know yet for certain when they're going to start dipping into that fund, but it, it's sort of 20 years from now. Or yeah, so. it's making very long. Was it your column that you were talking about, the um, the long investments that it's making? It's yes. getting to think of uh, think of things in terms of sort of 30, 40, 50 years, which is a very rare thing in investment. That's right, yeah, yes. It's, was that you writing about that in the yes, Herald? it was. Yeah. I, yes, I have written about that, that recently, that they, because that fund, they know that they're not going to be taking any money out for a long, long time. They can afford to take sort of risks that ordinary investors wouldn't want to take, perhaps, we, and... and and sticking with an investment through thick and thin, knowing that you know after 20 or 30 years it's sure to come right. And they've actually done very well with their investments thus far. They, um, get, they get great returns, and it's partly because they've got that very, very long-term term perspective on, on their investing. But um, this guy, so he, Warren, um, he is right in that if you are over 65 and you're getting New Zealand super, the amount you get is taxed, and if you make other money as well as super, you earn, if you're still in the workforce or if you've got um, investment income, you're earning a lot of interest from the bank or something like that, then you get less super. And, for example, I was just talking to one friend who he's getting um, NZ super living alone, and he gets about $300 a week where, because he's also still working full-time, whereas someone with no other income gets 390 a week. So it's quite a lot less. But, but still, you know, he's still better off because he gets a lot of other income. And that, you could even argue that that in a way is a little bit like means-testing super, I suppose. It's, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So yeah. just so I understand this properly, Mary, because I... I've heard you say it, but I don't know if my brain is quite getting it. So you get less super if you have an income, is that right? Yeah, you, yes, simply because it's taxed at a higher rate. Aha, uh-huh, okay. It's it's just added to your income, yeah. the same as any other income. Is that you know you you yeah. got might get your salary and then you might get your bank interest and whatever other income you get. And New Zealand super is added to that, and so they withhold tax from it at at a higher rate because you will owe more tax on it because yeah. you're in a higher income bracket. So so that's how that works. So, yeah, in that way, you could say super's means tested. But So it's all quite complicated, this. But it, it does mean that people who continue to work on um, after, after they turn 60, 65 don't get as much as their friend who's fully retired. That's how that works. Yeah, OK. And, and so fact, think- there's some quite interesting data on that. I was just looking at that... Um, the number of people working from 65, age 65 to age 69, 11% of people were doing that in 1997, and now 20 years later, 45% are, so nearly half. Are, are still it's, earning something after 65, yeah, yeah. Still in the workforce. And given how much longer we're living and the lifestyles have become accustomed to, I wouldn't be surprised if that goes up sharply. In fact, you know, yeah. the number of people not retiring at 65 will... Uh, go up much faster than government attempts to reflect that in the superannuation rules. I yeah, so that I mean that was one of the arguments made by National, which you know I think it was earlier this year announced that it, if assuming it stays in government, that it plans to raise the New Zealand super age from 65 to 67, 
Um, and the plan that's announced to do that would start in 2037 and gradually phase into 2040. So we're talking quite a long way down the track. Um, it, it, it means that anyone who's under 45 currently would be affected by this. So they would start getting their NZ Super a bit later, you know, um, at 45 or 40, 40, I mean, sorry, at 65 years and six months, some of them will, and then 60, 66, etc., going up to 67. So it's gradually, gradually adding. Um, I don't think many people under 45 were very upset about that. You didn't sort of hear much of an outcry. I think younger people, in fact, tend to think New Zealand Super is going to be worse than I actually think it will be for somebody like you, Jesse. I think you're going to get more than a lot of your, you and your friends think you'll get. And that, that you know, if you say, I, I don't hear people in your age group and younger saying, oh, God, I'm not going to get my super till 67. It's kind of not top of mind. No, it's funny, although I remember Jacinda Ardern went very, uh, she was really against it at the time because at the time she said um, she was opposed to her generation really being punished, um, you know, being the first generation that would actually feel the effects of this. But, yeah, I was, I'm yeah. surprised in general that she is and that Labour is against raising that age when it seems like such an obvious yes, thing does, that needs to be it? done. But I guess it's just a, one of those um, vote-sensitive issues. Yes, it, well, I don't know that it was that vote-sensitive. I mean, I don't... Well, who knows? We, but you, you didn't hear a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, yeah I'm going to support Labour because they're not, you know, they're not going to raise the super age. Yeah, but it might have been off-putting for people. I mean, it, it might have been reassuring for people to hear her say she'd resign rather than raise the super age. It's just one less thing to think about yes. when you're voting. But maybe a bit like that capital gains tax, another blooming good idea that no one seems to go with, Mary. Yeah, <laughs> that's a story for another day, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. But, um, yeah, the, um, the what National said when it announced this plan is that Currently, someone at 65 has got a life expectancy of about 24.3 years, so they get 24.3 years of, of super. By 2040, when their plan, their plan change would come in and, and they'd raise the age to 67, people would be getting 24.5 years of New Zealand super because their life expectancy would have risen a couple of years, if you see yeah. what I mean. So, so basically, you'd still get New Zealand super for the same number of years. Um, and, and, and certainly, I think by then, a lot more people will be working to older ages. People are healthier, and, and you know, and live, not just living longer, but healthier at sixty and healthier at seventy than they were a generation ago. There's no doubt. About yeah. That. Plus, if you're going to live another forty years, it might be a bit boring if you're not working any yeah, of them. I think so personally. I, I don't know when. Depending I'm on the job, it. of course. But, yes, yeah. yes <laughs> it, it does depend on the job. The other point, if you've got time for it, we've got time for. Yeah, we do. One more. Um, is that just the basic amount of New Zealand super, which is currently set at 66% of the average wage, and um, every year it's adjusted to reflect increases in the average wage. And you hear people, young people in particular, saying, I don't expect to get any super, and that is so far from what the government projections say. The government projections say... Yes, super might have to be start a bit older and it might have to be a bit smaller and it might have to increase a bit slower, but they're not, we're not nearly as badly off as a lot, of, a lot of Western countries, partly because we've got quite a lot of 
children. We've got a higher birth rate than a lot of countries. And um, and immigrants, you know, younger immigrants coming in. And, and so when I was helping with Treasury's long-term fiscal statement a few years back, um, they were they were looking at um, increasing New Zealand super by inflation rather than by wages uh, each year. Looking at considering that as a possibility uh, because inflation's lower than than wage rises most years, mm-hmm. and so that would mean to just rises a bit more slowly. But then they said, no, 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 that's too harsh on old people. It would mean their their income would keep pace with expenses, but it it wouldn't. They wouldn't grow as much as working people. Their income wouldn't grow as much as that of working people. They said, no, well, possibly we could do it halfway between. We could do it halfway between the increase in wages and the increase in inflation. So that's the sort of changes Treasury's looking at. It's way, way less radical than a lot of young people expect. So I, you know, my message to young people would be, don't, you know, by all means save. So you've got your own money because that's certainly going to make your retirement much nicer. But don't assume you're not going to get anything because I'm sure you will get something. Okay. Mary, thank you very much. Lovely to chat to you. And uh, we'll catch up with you again in a couple of weeks. Sure.